Gather your geek. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb a bowl, a cryptid camper, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Shay. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Shay, and I'm here with my good friend Tom, and we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode 11 of Scare Your Pants Off, our American road trip. In today's episode, we've set up camp in Nevada. How you doing, Tom? I am really good. Wow, episode 11 already. I mean, we're almost halfway through the season. It's, uh, this is crazy. So, how are you? I'm good. I, honestly, I was just thinking the same thing. I can't believe we're approaching halfway through this season. And it, it does, it blows my mind. And I don't, <laughs> and it, so forever ago, when we were just kind of uh, toying with the idea, we're like, oh, it'd be cool to do a podcast and because we have very similar interests we we you know we have similar wants in a podcast we you know we enjoy the research and stuff like that i i honestly i i won't say i didn't think it was going to happen but at that point in time where we were just kind of at the early stages of this i i never thought season three episode 11 i i never thought that far ahead that season three episode 11 was going to come out of my face and it and it did and I'm, I love it. And there's no end in sight. And I absolutely adore it. So, Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy. It's like we had that germ or you know, when you came with like the germ of the idea, and I kind of was like, yeah, you know, I love it because I love the concept of the road trip. I mean, it just it, it, it just lends itself to so many great little creative things. And then but honestly, I was like, once we get through the, the states, you know, I I didn't know where we would go from there, if we would go anywhere from there. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy how we've broken it down into the way we, we have with the seasons and everything too. Um, the, the variety for the listener and variety for us as well when we're doing the research and everything. It's uh, been a lot of fun and it's just crazy to think about. God, I mean, how many episodes at this point when, you know. Yeah we were first just talking about it and kind of kicking around ideas and stuff. So it's, it's pretty awesome. It's, uh... Now I have, a, I have another listener that I want to talk about today. Oh, yes, um, please. It's our friend, Jerry Santos and his wife. Um, they seem to kind of operate on the same Facebook account. So sometimes I think it might be him. Sometimes I think it might be her liking our stuff and sharing our stuff or whatever, but whoever it is, whichever one or both of you, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting our podcast and thank you for, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for being a friend in the words of the golden girls. So thank you. Um, we appreciate you and it's really, you know, one of the reasons we do this. So, uh, thank you, Jerry and Jerry's wife, so. Thank you, Jerry. Yes, we really, really appreciate it. It's, uh, 
yeah, I love giving these shout outs to people, even though I don't know most of them, but it's uh, anybody that supports us. Thank you so much. From, uh, it's, it's so, so appreciated. Um, so you watch anything good recently? So no, <laughs> really haven't. I'm, I'm not current on silo yet. I think I'm current on cruel summer. I, are you current on Cruel Summer? Yes. Okay, so current for me right now is episode four. And I'm assuming current for you is episode four, because I don't think I missed anything, correct? Yes. I am I'm mildly annoyed by something. And and it's probably stupid. I know I know we know who died. And we know we know someone died. And yeah. we know there was a cover up of some sort. I don't know how he died, and four episodes in, where we know he died, it bothers me that we don't know how he died. That bothers the crap out of me. I need to know. I have some suspicions, though. Have you gathered any suspicions yet? Well, I mean, I don't know who did it. I mean, we know that he, what, he, we do know that he had, he was shot, right? Didn't they say that, or? So, I know they're talking about a gun. But I'm, I haven't actually heard that thought, he was shot. I thought they yeah. said there was a bullet hole. I could be wrong on that, but I... I oh, I, you're probably right. I, um, but beyond that, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like anything else beyond... I thought they said, and I could be wrong on that. I could, I, you know, because um, sometimes I'm watching and it's not like at work, so it's kind of on in the background a little bit. I'm more listening than watching. Um, so I could be wrong, but I thought, I, I, I thought they, when they did the autopsy, he had been shot by his own, the, the gun that the, they had all used. Uh, I, I think drowned. you're right. That is, yeah, I, that sounds familiar now. I think you're right. And then drowned. Um, again, I could be wrong on that. I could. But beyond that, I have no idea, you know, the circumstance, even what was, you know, that they haven't really told you any. So I get your frustration, you know, because it, it definitely is a slow burn, this um, this uh, this show, you know, in general. Last season, same thing. Uh, I thought... It, it felt like last season was a little quicker paced the first season yeah. than this one. Um, but yeah, I totally get your frustration on that. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, the, 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 that, uh, I think her name's Olivia Hull. She, again, she was in the Goldbergs there, played uh, Adam's girlfriend, Bria. She's great. She is a great little actor. She's, She's uh, um, I have suspicions though. So I, and even this early on, I have suspicions and it and it's, and I almost feel like, I feel like they kind of want some of us to think that, think what I'm thinking, but at the same time, maybe it's too obvious. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it to you and it's not really a spoiler. It's, it's a theory. Yep. We're all watching the same show. It's nothing spoiled. So the point when, uh, <laughs> the point when the dead kid, you know, in the past a little bit, um, turned his brother's tapes in or they turned his brother's tapes in and it because of the unveiling of his his tape that he didn't realize was being recorded mm -hmm. um the his father got mad at him for making the family look bad and not the brother for making the tapes which yeah. which is 
weird to me. Um, and the fact that after, not long after the kid's death, his father went to uh, the girl who played Bria's mother's house with a casserole. And he just, he just, he wasn't sad enough for me. He wasn't, he seems like the kind of guy that's going to want the attention, but the good attention, or even the sad attention, if it makes him look good. So he's going to stay home and he's going to get the casseroles. He's going to do the interviews and he's going to take the pity and he's going to, and all that stuff. But his need to cover up the other son's shit just Mm -hmm. makes me feel like he and the son are somehow responsible for the kid's death. I don't know how, I don't know if it's the son killed him and the father's just helping cover up or if they planned it and they're just covering it up or whatever, but I feel like they feel responsible to me. I, I've had a similar thought. It's now that you, that you're saying it, I thought about it too, because yes, he's more worried about image. And even in this episode, when they're all at dinner, you know, and uh, the, uh, the girl's mother there is, you know, kind of says that, you know, you're worried about your image more than, and than anything else. I mean, this kid is basically making child pornography by, by, uh, you know, videotaping these, these underage girls having sex with their boyfriends or whatever, or him and, uh, without their knowledge. I mean, that by law, by definition, that is children, uh, you know, kitty porn. And, and so, and he's just more worried about it. I mean, yeah, he gets pissed at this on that, you know, his videotaping, you know, grabs him by the neck in that episode or whatever. But yeah, he's more pissed at the other son. Uh, uh, yep. My question is, he because again, I, I'm watching this at, uh, at work, so I missed some things on the screen. He go, he says to, you know, the son that was in the video, I recognize your size 13 Converse or whatever type of show it was at the time. How, when did he, how did he figure out it, that son was the one that, um, was the one that actually did the, you know, let everybody see the tape? Oh, same. I, I have, I have no idea. I, oh. I, same questions as you. I, I don't know how, I don't know how that came about, honestly. It's, I'm, I'm assuming where they're kind of just slow trickling all of the information. I'm assuming that's going to kind of like light itself up eventually. But yeah, no, I also have no idea. You didn't miss any. If you missed it, I missed it too. Okay. But yeah, I had the thought about the father because of that. And then, um, yeah, it just, it's, I, and you know, these, this show in particular, just having watched season one, they're trying to swerve you in a lot of different directions. And, uh, and I feel like they, most wants you to think that the girls did it some way. And that is another reason that I've had the thought of the father. Or, and I didn't think so much of the brother, but when now that you've said that the, the father and brother, I like that even more than what, because I was thinking just the father somehow, something. And we do know we're starting the, as you were talking about the info trickling out, the yeah. whole thing that he was taught, the, the, the son in the video was, thinking about running away and was having issues with the father and and you can see he's just through little things that he's kind of a violent man i mean he grabs his son by the neck in the car right outside the police off uh, police yeah. station and uh you know he doesn't really hit him hit him but he, he squeezes his neck and pushes it up his face up on the dash so i uh mm-hmm. i definitely had that thought I guess it, it, it's uh, 
I'm so bad at guessing in these things and stuff. So it's, but it's, I definitely had the same thought. It's, uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see, cause I will say it's, they do do a good job on really, at least they did in the first season on, you know, making you think this, 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 until the actual happens. It's, they, they do a good job. So intrigued yeah. to see where it goes. Nope, me too. I, I like it more than I thought I was gonna, for sure. Um, it, and I, but I, lo- I loved season one, and I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure how much I was gonna like when season two started. But I, I mean, it's obviously it's got my attention enough that even being a little annoyed by by what I don't know, I, I obviously I'm still coming back. So. And that's a great point. It is tough with sort of anthology series where it, it, each season is a different story. Um, when you come out of the gate with such a great first season, it's always tough to come back in a second season and live up, especially for people like you and I who are like really like that first season. It, it's tough to live up to it. So we'll see. I have hope. I, I do have hope that it's as good as season one. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think it will be. I mean, I, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed on that. Same. All right. Well, have you got anything else for me? Uh, no, I think that'll be it. Do you want to dive into our Nevada cryptid for the day? Time for the cryptid. Yes. So, Nevada was great. I had a ton of fun doing it. I know I say it every time, but it really was. And, you know, they got... They got quite a few cryptids and, you know, they got the standards. You got your Bigfoot, you got your lake monsters, you got your Thunderbirds and all that good stuff. Um, but I went with one that I had never heard of. Uh, you may have, I'm not sure. And I, I apologize because some of these are, you know, Native American words or names and stuff. And so I apologize on the pronunciation um, at the top here. But so have you heard of the... Sitaka, the Sayaduka, the Sayai, and now this is all the same thing, it's just, you know, or, as they're known, the cannibal giants. What? Okay, first of all, a couple things. No, I've never heard of that. I don't know how I've never heard of that, because giants and cannibals, I'm super intrigued. Um, No, I... (laughs) <laughs> I I don't even know what to say. No, I've never heard of that. And I literally can't wait to hear about it. So tell me yeah. about them. Nice. Yeah, I have never heard of it either. Um, but it's a cool story. So the cannibal giants are a legendary tribe of giants that the northern Paiutes, uh, and that's a Native American tribe, fought a war with. Depending on the account, uh, uh, or their name literally translates to Tule Eaters in uh, the Northern Paiutes language. Tule or Tule, it's T-U-L-E, uh, is a fibrous water plant which, according to legend, was woven by the giants into rafts in order to escape attacks from the Northern Paiutes and, uh, and then later attacks from other tribes. And they actually were supposedly lived on these rafts on uh, Lake Humboldt. So 
It is said that they used the rafts to navigate across, navigate across what remained of then Lake Lahontan, an ancient lake that once covered most of Nevada during the last ice age. The giants were described by the Paiutes as being between eight and 10 feet tall, with some being even larger, humanoid, mean, contemptible, foolish, degraded cannibals. They were said to be covered in red fur, not unlike a Bigfoot. And they were said to be excessively fond of this red fur and uh, decorating it with bone ornaments and jewelry. Yet they were said to be so poor that they dressed in robes made from the skin and feathers of the mud hen. Some have said that they resemble modern day Bigfoots. All right, so again, they supposedly lived on, on the Tule rafts in, in Lake Humboldt. And the legend states that the Paiutes fed up with the cannibals, fed up with being, you know, eaten by cannibals, finally decided to rid themselves of the problem. Calling on the families of the Paiute tribe, as well as neighboring tribes, to help them attack and fight the giants. Uh, the fighting was very tough on both sides at the start, with both groups losing many. So the natives would call on even more tribes. So the natives called on even more tribes to help with the fight. This proved to be the turning point in the war. They chased the giants out of their home on Lake Humboldt, across Lake Lahontan, all the way to Lovelock Cave. The giants would flee as far into the cave as possible and would refuse to come out and, and fight despite the natives' demands. So the natives decided that they would smoke them out by starting a fire at the entrance of the cave. So uh, this way, the giants would have to choose to either burn or die by smoke inhalation or leave the cave where they would then be met by, with death by arrows. As the natives were firing hails of arrows into the cave. According to the Piotes, this strategy proved effective and would end the war. Most of the giants either burned to death or died from the smoke inhalation, and then all the rest did die by arrow. Any that decided to run out of the cave died by arrow. The cannibal giants were no more, and supposedly the tribes lived peace peacefully for many generations. While according to the tribes, the cannibal giants are now extinct, some have claimed to see them in the years since. So not too much more here. South America is said to have versions of the cannibal giants with some, uh, and some experts believe they may be the same and originally lived in South America and migrated north um, to Nevada due to, you know, either changing weather or um, food scarcity or something like that. 
Africa and Asia is are said to have uh, versions of as well. Some believe that the Bigfoot is related uh, to these uh, to the giants, or that Bigfoot may even be cannibal giants, uh, you know, or some sort of descendant of it. And one cool thing, this is this story is. Uh, it's it's well known within this tribe even to this day this story and there was as I was doing the research this one um, lady that's part of the tribe she actually has a dress uh, it's called a mourning dress M O U R like if you're mourning um, you know a loved one dying you know mourning somebody not like A M mourning and on it it has some red fringe at the bottom that she has been told by her, it's been passed down through uh, the generations, is actually the fur of one of these cannibal giants, that, that red friend. She's said she's the only one in the world that has one of these dresses. And uh, supposedly she's shown it on camera. I didn't see a picture of it, but uh, I thought that was kind of cool. So that those are the cannibal giants. So that, okay. Awesome, great choice. I a million times here for it, and it's funny because um, when I hear giant, I, my my inner child thinks is thinking like the um uh, the the Brobdenagians, like, like Gulliver. I'm thinking this sixty foot, fifty foot, whatever gigantic being and and in in reality i i think um in uh in the bones that were found in that cave that they think might have something to do with the giants were um mm -hmm. like seven feet and under or maybe like a little bit over seven feet, but they're right around there but it's it's so funny because like and i know that's not i know that's i know it's never going to be the 50 60 foot tall but mm -hmm. I always, every part of me is always like, well, maybe. <laughs> but it's so funny because it's like it's just what I think about. So. Yeah. No, I I get it. I I love the idea of a giant. I'm fascinated by it. And yeah, I'm glad you brought up the the bones that they found. Now, depending on the account, you know, they're you know set over seven feet, over eight feet. I have seen, I, and then I've seen other claims where the tallest was about six foot six um which would which again who knows you know what i mean it could be seven eight that was just another account and that the tallest which is still extremely tall you ever see a, a six foot six person that's gigantic <laughs> it really is um but uh uh, yeah, they they have found lots and lots of what they think are abnormally large bones, and you got to think at the time too. People as we knew it were shorter, you know. Gr gradually over time, I, I, we're getting taller and uh, through whatever, and so to, I can only imagine even if it, even if six foot six was the largest, which who knows, maybe it was seven eight. That had to seem gigantic to people back then. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's that's huge. But yeah, there I love. I, I was very fascinated by the cannibal giant. It's uh, definitely one I had never heard of. 
that was a, that was seriously it was a great choice and it's it's super interesting I, I might even deep dive just to see if i can find i i love learning about that stuff so i'm probably gonna deep dive even a little bit more just to see just to see what else there is to see if you might find interviews or something like that too because it's i mean it's 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 not overly common it's it's to hear about a you know to hear about something like that being one of our cryptids is, it's not overly common at all so no. very exciting and that's what's great, like too, is that there is, you can do even more research because we're, we, you know, we're trying to get the the good, st you know, just a lot, of, you know, the important stuff to you guys within a reasonable time frame. There's tons of info out there on all the on everything we talk about. You could go and do even deeper dives, and trust me, there are some great stories, uh, some like. Um, yeah, stories uh, from natives about the cannibal giants out there. So, yeah. All right. Well, have you got anything else on your cannibalistic giants? <laughs> I do not. Time for the hunt. All right. Well, I'm going to also talk. I'm going to jump in and start talking about my haunt. Um, I'm going to also talk about a giant in Nevada. I am going to talk about a, a very well-known um, feat of engineering called the Hoover Dam. I'm assuming you've heard of that. Oh, yeah. I've actually been there a couple times. Um, so I've, I've gone across it and everything. Uh, it's so impressive to see. It, it just it's gigantic. Just it's a very, very, very impressive. So I've never been, so I have to, I have to ask. I've never been, and when you're on it, when you're like walking across, walking across the top of it, correct? No, I never did that. I never, oh, okay. I never walked across it. I, I, we were on a road trip and we were coming through, and one, the one time we were gonna stop, um. On one of them, we were thinking about stopping because we had stopped it. We had done the the sky bridge at the Grand Canyon. That's the bridge with the glass bottom that you you walk out over the Grand Canyon. Um, and we were going to stop there. And it was I can't remember. It was either cra really crowded or shut down for the day. I can't remember what it was the one time we were going to stop. But we drove right, you know, because you go right on your way. We were heading to Vegas uh, from Arizona, so you drive right up and through it. So it's you're right there, but yeah, no, I've never walked across it, unfortunately. Okay, so. all right. Well, that's cool. It's still cool that you saw it. It's still cool that you were that close to it, really. Um, all right. Well, so the Hoover Dam is a concrete arch gravity dam. So the when I hear something like that, I need to know what it means. I don't know if everyone else is like that. I have to know what it means. What is what is what is an arch gravity dam? I have no clue. So I did look it up and I have a very, it's a very brief explanation, but I'm going to tell you what it means because in case you don't know. So basically an arch gravity dam is a dam that has the characteristics of an arch dam and a gravity dam. Big surprise. I guess I could have probably figured that out, but I didn't know either of those were a thing. Um, so an arch dam is wider at the base and then gets dinner up towards the top so that makes it the arch dam and i also know that the dam is at an arch so i don't know if that has something to do with it but 
then a gravity dam is a dam that maintains a low center of gravity, which aids in collapse avoidance should one of the seals fail, which apparently is a thing that's not wildly unlikely, which is terrifying. Apparently it's a thing that like, it just happened for, I don't know, it's scary, but it's fine. Yeah. Now, the Hoover Dam was constructed between 1931 and 1936. Considering the size of this thing, it's actually incredible that it took that short amount of time back in the 30s. It, it blows my mind. Yeah, because I, I mean, it, you hear those numbers, but to see it in person, it's even that. It, you're just, it's fucking enormous. It, I, I, oh my goodness. Yeah. Now, it was dedicated on September 30th of 1935 by Franklin D. Roosevelt. Uh, it took thousands and thousands of workers. And in the process of building it, more than 100 workers died building it. Yeah. So, fun fact, and I never knew this, the Hoover Dam, named after Herbert Hoover, was actually called the Boulder Dam by the Roosevelt administration. Um, oh, I never yeah, it's super interesting. Uh, Hoover actually, the name Hoover was restored again in 1947. So it was named Hoover and then called something else and then called Hoover again. So that's, that's cool. Um, in 1931, this dam took $49 million to build in 1931. That is the 1931 number. 40, 49 million. Today, that is roughly 714 or 715-ish million dollars. That is a, insane. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Now, having seen it, have you any guesses or any knowledge of the size of this, of, of this insane engineering feat? No, I honestly, I'm I'm not good at, at that stuff, like guessing heights or eight or stuff like that anyway. But yeah, I couldn't even tell you. I just know that it's one of the biggest things I've ever seen in my life. But I, don't, I couldn't give you any guess. All right. Well, this dam stands at 726 feet high. It is uh, 1,244 feet long. Its volume is... 3,250,000 cubic, cubic yards and can hold 9.2 trillion gallons of water at any given time. Um, the water at its deepest is 590 feet. That is insane. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, the construction was supposed to begin in October of 1931, but Hoover Hoover, Hoover Hoover, Herbert Hoover insisted that it start in March. So he was ready for it to begin, so there it started. Now, the area around the dam was not very developed. It didn't have amenities, didn't have places for the workers. So workers with families were tasked with finding their own accommodations. And workers without families were placed in bunkhouses uh, called river camps or river camp. Um, the bunkhouse, I believe there was more than one. I've seen kind of things that say a little bit different, but I'm not sure. But they could hold up to 500 people. Very tight quarters, I'm assuming. 
Yeah. Now, in that first summer, the summer of 1931, um, between July, June 25th and July 26th, 16 workers died of heat prostation because the temperature hit highs of 119 degrees working in those conditions. And I know you're thinking, oh, there's water, it keeps some food. No, it, it's it, 16 people died in a month just from heat prostration, which for anybody who doesn't know is essentially hyperthermia, not hypothermia, hyperthermia. So it's basically the, the heat version of hypothermia. Um, now, working on the Hoover Dam, uh, people were exposed to numerous hazards. They were exposed to dangerous levels of carbon monoxide, uh, poorly placed electrical lines, and so on. Uh, of the hundred, you know, over a hundred deaths, some of them were from drowning, uh, blasting, falling from the wall, uh, rock slides, and numerous construction accidents. And the number one cause of death while building the Hoover Dam was actually stuff falling on people. So stuff falling from wherever and landing on people. And that was the biggest cause of death. Now, I have a statistic. Before I tell you the statistic, understand that when I say there was only this, I don't mean to disvalue a life. I don't mean to disvalue people. It's a horrible and still a staggering number and it's too many regardless. There should be none. But what I'm gonna say is there were less than 50 suicides since its opening in 1936. And I know that is still too many suicides. It's 50 too many suicides. I know that. But I say this because it's often thought as a place where a lot of them happen. However, if you look at a place like Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls has 20 per year. Uh, you look at the Golden Gate Bridge since its opening in 1937 has had 1600 suicides. That's Roughly, if you average it out, it's it's like 18 or maybe 19 per year. We're, so 50 since 1936 is a small number. It's still awful and it's still 50 too many, but it's it's not the magnet for that that people have a tendency to think it is. Now, the paranormal claims are they hear gates opening and closing. Uh, you can hear splashing around the water. You can hear sounds of people working. There's apparitions and shadows of people jumping or walking up and down the corridors or the, the hallway areas. I don't quite know what to call those. Now, if you like the show Ghost Hunters or if you like TAPS, I love TAPS because they are local. I love TAPS because honestly, it's I know some of it is probably exaggerated, and, and they do. They Sometimes they're finding words or EVPs in things that maybe aren't, but if you Google TAPS, Hoover Dam, you will find footage that they caught of what sounds like a man falling to his death. Now, if you happen to be on our Facebook page, we will try and uh, post a link to this to this clip so you can see it and it is actually quite interesting it's quite incredible like i said i don't always believe all of the things that i see on that show i'm not gullible but that one has absolutely piqued my interest and as someone who has done paranormal investigations 
man, a catch like that is, is, is out of this world and it's super interesting. So we will post a link for anybody who is interested in seeing that. And that is everything I have on the Hoover Dam. All right. I love it. I can't wait to check out that clip. Um, so yeah. Okay. Uh, great, great choice. I, uh, you know, living in that area, you'd always heard the rumors of it being haunted. I didn't know less than 50. Um, like you said, and any lost life is a tragedy, you know, we, and we're not downplaying that, but I would have assumed it was a lot larger number than that. Um, because I mean, like you, when you compare, like you said, 20 per year at Niagara, that's a ton and Golden Gate Bridge, 1600, where you said it's like 16 or 18 a year. I mean, it's, um, yeah, yeah, so all things considered, you know, it, it isn't that that bad. Um, well, let me, sorry, I, I was taking notes as we did it. Okay, so 119 degrees, uh, people dying. I lived in Arizona, I uh, where the temperature in the summer would regularly get over 120. And that's not an exaggeration. That's not like, oh, it's 120 degrees out. No, it was literally... 120, 122. I think the most I ever saw a thermometer read was like 124 or 126. And I, my first summer there, uh, I didn't have a car. And so I was riding a bike most of the time. I got so sick three different times to like from the heat till in one of the times, well, actually, you know, all the every time but this one time that was even the, the worst i mean it was it started where you just you feel weird you you almost you kind of feel a little high almost um because your head's just not clear you feel like you cut your head swimming and then all of a sudden you start getting a stomach ache and then uh and a really bad headache and then your muscles start cramping to the point where you're again Charlie horses and stuff, and you 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 can't even you 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 have to like sit or stretch your legs because you can't because your the muscles are all spasming and everything. And I I had a bite, then you start throwing up, and it's I'll tell you it was bad. I had I remember I had a doctor appointment that day, so I was trying to get home to borrow a roommate's car, and I uh, I'm on my bike, and now my legs are cramping to the point so i have to get off and kind of walk it and sometimes sit down to because i'm just having try horse up and down it so then i get back on the bike and then i start throwing up all over myself on the bike and it was miserable it took me so long something normally you know take me 15 20 minutes i think it took me an hour and 30 minutes to get home that day on the bike it was just it was it was insane it was so bad i um oh so Guys, when she's saying 119 is insane, and I can see why, <laughs> how, how you would lose 16 people in a month, you know, you were going back to the 30s, you know, workers' rights weren't a huge thing, so these guys, you know, they're probably, you know, making these guys do all this stuff, and these guys are working in that 119, I mean, at least in Arizona or whatever, we, 
almost every it's law that every place you work in has to either have a, a AC or a swamp cooler nowadays. So at least there's cold air within it. These guys, this is the thirties. Now air conditioning did exist at that time, but it wasn't common and it's not going to be on a work site like that. So, um, yeah, I can totally see how it, I mean, it, it melted their brain, essentially. That's what ends up happening. You end up melting your brain, basically cooking your brain, not melting it, but you, you cook it and can stroke out from it. So totally can see that. Um, I, I found it really interesting that falling objects were the biggest cause of death. I did not, I would not have guessed that. That was really interesting. Um, God, just when you started saying some of these numbers, seven, 726 feet high, 1244 feet long, 9.2 trillion gallon, trillion gallons of water, 590 feet deep. I, you know, I've seen this in person, but that gives it a whole other, it gives me a whole other perspective on uh, just how mammoth this thing is. So one thing, there was always rumors that, and uh, there's always rumors that people fell into the cement as they were pouring the cement into it, and uh, and that and uh, that they those people were some of the haunts within it as well. But I've I've seen most of I've seen that that's been debunked. I always found it interesting, and 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 when they debunked it, they it, it was pretty basic in the fact that. You know, because they would say people fell into this men and then they just kept going. They just left them in there. And then people are like, yeah, they couldn't do that. Because if you did that, <laughs> the structure is not stable now because you have a, you know what I mean? You have a, you have a person's body in a space where there should be a ton of concrete. So I, um, but I, I always thought that eventually was be an air pocket. Like that will eventually over time become a, a pocket of air. And that's exactly. like, be nothing so <laughs> exactly i but i always loved those rumors didn't know it was called the boulder dam that was really interesting too i uh, I, yeah, I had no idea that it was known as the boulder dam but uh yeah great choice i mean that was really really interesting good good choice so it's funny because you were talking about your your arizona summers and the 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 absolutely freaking terrifying experience that you had with that it's and it's funny because like the only thing i have even that i would call comparable to that understand i'm a new i'm a new england girl born raised never lived anywhere hotter than this never lived anywhere colder than this unfortunately because i would much prefer the cold and sometimes it's a little too hot for me but i think like my my body just doesn't do heat very well at all i dehydrate very fast i get sunsick very fast i burn no matter how much sunblock i put on i'm as irish scottish as it is it gets my skin doesn't like the sun my body doesn't like it but um some years ago we uh we went to an air show in the summer i think it was like july or august i think it was july and it was hot that day and when i say hot it was in the 90s and i i know that's not 120 but again, I don't do great with heat at all. I started feeling really crappy. I was drinking water. I was doing everything I should. I started feeling really crappy. And it wasn't until um, like days later, like looking back on it and talking to, to Eric and uh, my mom was with us at the time. 
it wasn't until a couple days later that I realized how scared I actually should have been because I went from feeling really crappy to I was fine. I thought it was fine. Uh, we got an umbrella for me to sit under. I was misting myself or whatever. I don't remember the last hour of the air show, and I don't remember getting back to the car. It, wow. And mind you, the walk back to the car was like a little bit of a walk to a like a bus that they were trolleying people back and forth to a parking lot and then another walk. I don't remember getting back to the car. I don't remember any of it. And that's what we did. So I didn't know how scared I actually should be. And from talking to Eric, like I was not talking normal, but I didn't want medical help. I didn't like, I said it was fine. And I just was, you know, whatever. And it wasn't until a couple of days later that I looked back and like, I, I, I had no idea what was going on at the time. I actually, I went from feeling really shitty to feeling like, like my, uh, my efforts to cool myself down worked, but apparently they did not because I remember sitting down to watch a certain part of the air show that, um, that our son blue wanted to see that had been looking forward to. And this like fly really close to you, whatever. This is, this is jets flying within feet of your face, like maybe yards of your face really loud really big vibrations i've been numerous air shows i know how this feels i don't remember i remember sitting down for it but i don't remember it happening i remember nothing after that at all wow that's scary that's um mm -hmm. and to your point though where you're saying 90 and i know it's 90 with humidity that's the difference you know where arizona is 122 with no and 122 i don't care humidity or not it's insane you know what i mean that's just an insane number but that is the you know nine i i don't i'd almost i would i don't like either but i'd almost rather the 120 no humidity than the 90 and 90 percent humidity it's uh Cause it's, a, it's like, I got my, one of my bosses, he just transferred. He used to, uh, he was from the San Francisco plant and he, his first summer was last summer. And he just goes, this, it's the, the heat, it's so wet. It's disgusting. And it cracks me up every time he says that he's just like, it's so fucking wet. It's gross. And uh, he had never, you know, a little bit of humidity, but never anything like what we get here in the, you know, july and august so yeah it's, so oh, I'm, I'm sure my uh, so i i have asthma so humidity and asthma aren't things that cooperate well together and i initially i thought maybe like i i feel like that could have maybe been a contributing factor my mom was with us though and, and growing up like i would i was sick all the time my mom knows what to look for my mom can see a discoloration under my eyes and know i'm sick before i know i'm sick so she, it's I'm I feel a little less like it might have been that although typically humidity and I are just I stay in the house and in a fan and I have cooling towels now and everything for if I do have to leave the house I have like a cooling fan like with a, like a mister and I I go through extreme efforts to stay as cool and hydrated as possible but it's yeah well <laughs> now that we've now that we've expressed our distaste for the new england humidity and heat and really just heat in general because crazy but um have you got anything else for me no not on the uh not on that on the hoover dam that is it all right well do you want to dive on into your strange encounter for nevada time for the strange encounter 
Sure. And this was fun because Nevada is quite the hot spot of UFO activity with tons of strange encounters occurring throughout its history. I mean, Nevada is the home to the infamous Area 51 military installation, which is widely speculated by many to house many of our government's secrets, especially in regards to UFOs. But few people know that the area near and around the small mountain town of Eli, Nevada, which is in White Pine County, which is about 180 miles north of the Area 51, is probably the most active area in Nevada and maybe the whole country. Some claim it is second only to Roswell as a locus of um, UFO events. There was actually a very famous event that took place in later 1952 or early 1953 um, that was really, really, it was a really cool story. I didn't go with it because I went with one 10 years later that some people think are tied together or um, yet somehow related and uh, which I'll get into here. So according to the report, uh, to the reports, a Nevada Northern Railway freight train was heading northbound near the town of Cherry Creek, just north of Eli, when it had to break very suddenly due to an issue with the track. According to the Brakeman, and the Brakeman, that's his title, is the person on the train that is responsible for the brakes. Um, according to the Brakeman on the train, the tracks were thrown around and twisted like a pretzel. Once the train had fully stopped, the train crew realized something had crashed into the train tracks and was now lying at the base of a mountain a short distance away. They noticed that it was now flipped upside down. Several local ranchers on horseback were already on the scene. And it began to quickly spread that the object that crashed was a UFO. According to Meador, a UFO investigator who interviewed members of the train crew as well as other witnesses, the craft was made of a glass-like material that was silver and translucent and appeared to be wet or molten. Uh, they said it was damaged and partially broken apart by the impact, and at least one of the witnesses was able to collect a couple pieces of it. When objects were viewed through the odd glass-like material, they, appear, they appeared to be greenish-black, not unlike when you look through uh, night vision goggles, what stuff looks like if you're looking through night vision goggles. According to Meador, uh, most interesting of all the peculiar peculiarities is that four or five small humanoid entities could be seen through a hole that had been ripped open in the craft due to the crash. Uh, it was described as four or five bodies inside, brown colored and each about three or four feet tall. Now, 
I had briefly mentioned the uh, that crash about 10 years earlier uh, in 1952 or 53. That one was said to have 16 of these beings uh, on it. So uh, another reason why people have kind of tied maybe tie these together. Uh, just like the crash in 52 and 53, uh, which this case shares many similarities, the military and government officials arrived very swiftly and drove everyone, all witnesses and onlookers, away from the crash area. They then loaded the craft on a flatbed truck and took it away. Since the crash, there has been a lot of investigations into the matter, with many rumors coming out of it. What is true and what is not is hard to decipher, but here are some of the claims. The military supposedly quarantined off a huge area. And now when I'm saying huge, like comically huge area um, surrounding the site, so people could not pinpoint the exact location of the crash. The military and government supposedly tried to intimidate any people investigating or looking into the crash, some even claim to be visited by men in black. Excuse me. Um, some believed they covered it up because uh, they, and they being the government, was working with these alien beings. And in 2019, Meador, that UFO investigator, claimed to finally have found the exact spot of the crash. And he brought a Geiger counter with him and says that the site of the crash and the surrounding area still showed abnormally high reading of radiation. Um, not much more here. There has been no less than 20 sightings in the area since 1966, with many of these um, sightings having similar characteristics to these two sort of crashes uh, and sightings with and those being short alien beings, similar ships, and a similar military response. And that is the strange encounter. Awesome choice. So it's I I've noticed this thing that happens with me, and I don't know if it happens with you, but I'm gonna go out and say it because I, I have a feeling it might happen with you. But literally anytime we have a strange encounter and you say men in black, I that's it. That's I I believe it. I I am I don't know why. I don't know what I don't know exactly what's happening in my brain. But hearing that people were visited by the men in black, it's such a, it, that's like, that's like the step. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely love it when it, they get mentioned. It's, I don't know if I necessarily 100% always believe it, but it, it just adds more intrigue and validity for me as well. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you on that. Love when anytime men in black are mentioned. So another thing, the the glass, the glass is super intriguing. I I found one thing weird though, and I I maybe I was missing something or just kind of like interpreting it differently in my head. So you said that the glass was described as being wet or molten. Yes. 
that feels to me molten and wet are very different wet means you can touch it and it might be hot water who knows or whatever but you touch it and it's still solid it's just wet or molten meaning it's no longer solid it's it's kind of flowing in liquid so i would i would probably venture that maybe it's more wet than molten only because someone was able to collect it seemingly pretty quickly when it happened so yeah. i feel like molten you're not going to touch right away but i love that it almost had like a like a night visiony like effect to it which is super intriguing yeah, I I thought that was a cool little thing because it's like, especially if you are coming through dark space and everything, that would kind of make sense to have a, like a, a night vision. Uh, and that's a great point because I wrote that down just as exactly how it was in, in a couple of the resources, wet or molten, and it had me going. Because when I think of molten, and, and I'm not saying that this is exactly what molten, but I think of something, I think of like lava you know, hot, molten, and, you, you know, it's so hot that it's bubbling and stuff like that. So I agree with you. It was probably more wet-ish, you know, or looking wet, you know, who knows what the why that effect was like that. But, um, yeah, I agree with you on that because it was, as I'm doing it, I'm like, molten, I just, like, yeah, how would anybody, if it was molten, you wouldn't be able to touch it, you know, or anything like that. So that's, that was a great, great pick up there. No, that was, that was, that was super interesting. I like it. It was, Nevada, uh, Nevada was fun. But yeah, Nevada was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. A very cool state. All right. Well, have you got anything else for me today? I don't. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week when we set up camp in Nebraska. Until then, happy camping. Thanks, guys. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, Scare Your Pants Off Podcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail. See you next time.